Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and the Shops at Status and by the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Lita has over 20 years working as an interior designer. She's now a full-fledged lifestyle expert, podcaster, and blogger. Status Life with Lita will take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Lita's mission is to bring her knowledge and fun teaching ability to help each of us design a life we love. My name is Derek Hayes, and I'm the host of the show, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of this show, Miss Lita Brooks. Good afternoon, Lita. Good afternoon. Another incredible show, I should well, say thank that. thank you. We've got an incredible show for you today. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. And before we begin, a quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is brought to you by many sponsors. I'd like to thank Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, The Status Market, shop online now at www.thestatusmarket.com, and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia? Make the right call to the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. I have to make a correction. All right, what did I do? The website for the Status Market has changed ah. because we blended the Status Market with my interior design firm. So all the merchandise that my interior designers are using, the furniture and the home decor, you can find it on the Status Market. So the new website is called statusmarketanddesign.com. That's great. Yes. That's well, while we're talking about the store, and let's talk about all the other changes because i know there's a substantial amount coming up i just left there very soon it was crazy yes <laughs> yes so the store is really two parts um i have a large vendor mall it's an upscale vendor boutique we've sort of coined that phrase i have 60 vendors who rent space inside my store very upscale i have a lot of interior designers who rent space there and as interior designers, we have a lot of surplus, which is actually what got me into this business. I, when you go to an install as a designer, you always wanna bring more with you than you need. You never wanna be in an install and you don't have the right chair or the right lamp or the right clock. So you bring two or three of an item. A lot of times you can't take those items back. You buy them on wholesale from uh, d different suppliers and they're non-refundable. So what do you do with them? You pray that you can either use them on another job or you have to sell them somewhere. And so I opened up a booth in a vendor mall and I loved the work. I thought it was really fun. I loved their creativity. I loved having a booth, uh, but I wanted more. I was ready to sink my teeth into something more substantial. So I opened the shops at Status and it is partnered very, right next door they're married together. You can walk between the two. Uh, status Home Design. So that's the interior design firm. And now all of that, we just talked about the status market and design, is housed in there as well. So all of my businesses are all housed under one umbrella. We have the shops at status, and we have status home design, and we have status market. You are everything status. 
This is Status Life with Lita. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, as one of your best customers, I think I have the liberty of saying you are. But a lot of times, I bring things home and say, "Look what, look what you bought today." (laughs) I'm vicariously one of your best customers. Oh, look, honey, I thought this would be great in our house. Oh well, the funny part is, I bought these nightstands because we just moved. If you've been following the show, you guys know that Derek and I just blended which we're going to talk more about later but um we just bought a home and we are renovating that home in a big big way and i'm going to be featuring all of it on my social media platforms but go back to the story um, i found two beautiful nightstands they were made for me they match a dresser mm-hmm. that's in our master and i yes. went Woo! and i texted you and i'm like guess what you got <laughs> we got to go pick them up today by the way well okay fine. Put, it, put it on the list <laughs> we yeah. do they have marble tops they're gorgeous but anyway. what i was going to say aside from the fact that i am one of your best customers again whether i want to be or not yeah but yes i do want to be i will say that that if you envision your typical vendor boutique you think many times about antique malls sure and you're all everything but that in the sense that in an antique mall the reality is one booth will have some incredible merchandise, things that are repurposed, which is a word I learned from you, things that are uh, collectible items. Uh, but then the next booth will be a garage sale. Sometimes. And the next Sometimes. booth will be somebody's garage they cleaned out. And then finally you get back to another. It just depends. Booth. I mean, there are antique malls. That's really where this concept started. Right. right? And I love a good antique mall. Do not right, get right. me wrong. I We go, I call it. We do go a lot. We go treasure hunting. Yes. all Whenever we can. We haven't gone in a while because of COVID, but right. we do. We will take off for a day or a weekend. So it's just not the concept of status. That's what I was going to um, say. Yours right. are truly interior designers that have a lot of incredible them. taste. Mm-hmm. And, and not everyone the there is, is an great. interior designer. We have a lot of shop owners mm-hmm. um, that have all owned their own boutiques and they're just maybe a little bit older and kind of got out of the business but love the work like I do mm-hmm. and they have phenomenal booths uh, we have we sell the paint that the DIY paint uh, resin paint almost like chalk paint but it's not we you know we have classes we have a full classroom there so we have a seamstress upholsterer who rents a large workshop workspace out of status so it is truly one-stop shop for everything for your home and a wonderful place to go spend an afternoon I agree I spend a lot of afternoons (laughs) there and a lot of money there. Yeah, it's my favorite place. All right, well, you kind of referenced the house a second ago. You want to catch everybody up on the latest with our house. It's coming along. Well, now, I have I'm paint gonna, all over my hands. I was going to say before you start, I will interject a little bit. What here. do you want to say? Yes, we both have paint all over our hands. We were painting again <laughs> last night. So so far, from my perspective, we've had trim guys, we've had sheetrock people, we've had framers, we've had uh, electricians, we've had uh, landscapers, we've had uh flooring flooring i thought you were going to forget that i'm not going to forget that one and Um, who came yesterday oh we even had we had to have vents clean (laughs) dryer in our laundry rooms we yes we've done a lot yeah uh and paint we have really tackled ourselves but i will say and we could tag team this with a big high five derek and i are phenomenal painters um what? Derek Wait. wasn't an attorney and I wasn't a busy <laughs> entrepreneur. We could really open up a paint company. Uh, we've gotten to the where we can knock out a room in less than two hours, a big yeah, room. Yeah. yeah, I cut and I cut fast. I don't tape. I'm really good at it and he can roll. And we, so we, you know, saving a little bit of money, but putting it other places. Um, you well, know. It, yes, there is the saving money, but also too, I think part of it's been deciding what colors. Uh, that's, I know. And, that's and been from a my perspective, I'm not the interior designer. I don't have that talent. I'm not going to claim to, but there are many rooms in our house that 
had multiple squares that sure. were uh, little paint swatches that uh, one day you'd look at it and go, well, I think I like that one. Mm-hmm. And the next day the light would be different or it'd be overcast outside. I did. I changed many. I'm still, there's a few rooms I'm undecided on. Um, but yeah, those that I am decided on look beautiful. The house is really coming along. I'm very excited. Probably just another week or two and the whole main living area will be finished. Uh, March 1st. Uh, and I, again, podcasts live forever. I say that every show. So you may be listening to this and it's June. So go back and look at the social media starting in March. That's when I'm going to start unveiling, uh, some of the house on Facebook, Instagram, and we're going to be working on a YouTube channel. That's oh boy. next. Well, we already have lots of videos and lots of pictures. Right. So, so everything's going to get uploaded. It's, it's yeah. worth checking that out. Well, it, it'll be great. March 1st. That's all going to launch, correct? Yes. Good. Good. Yes. On Instagram or? All of it. All everything. of it. We'll okay. just start posting on Status Life with Lita, all the renovations. Um, yeah. And there's a lot more to go. This is just phase one. And the reason I haven't really started launching it yet is it just takes time. It takes time to really get everything um, the way that, I don't know, the way that it's just, it's very time consuming. And because we've been doing so much renovation, I haven't had the time. So we're almost done March 1st. Well, not only have you been renovating the house, but we just talked about the store and all the things going on there. So it's been kind of nonstop renovating. Uh-huh. All right, let's get on to today's show. We could spend hours talking about well, that. Well, because the show, again, it, it's this, uh, we're having a big grand opening party because we have done a large scale renovation. So yeah. that'll be in March. So if you're listening to this live and it's late February and you want to come on March 6th, uh, we're having a big party. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a blast. A socially distanced party. Yes, yes, Gotta yes. wear your mask. Well, that's right. Well, soon we'll hopefully be done with all that, too. But all right, let's talk about today's show. Today's show. What do you want yeah. to talk about? Well, we're doing a continuation of the last two shows where we've really dug in and begun to unpack us and our relationship a little bit. And there was a big purpose in that. It's not just so you and I can sit here and talk about how we met, even though that's part of it. And that's great. But we're both divorcees. Is that how, are we divorcees? <laughs> what are we? Whichever. Make it sound a little we're better because I hate that word. Um, and 50% of the world is divorced. And yeah. so speaking to that, but getting a second chance, getting at a second chance at love, um, the challenges, the beauty of that, the hope in that. I have a lot of friends, too many friends, like, heartbreaking amount of friends that are going through divorces right now are stuck in a crummy marriage did go through divorce maybe tried it one or two times and it's not worked out and I have friends that are single now because they got divorced early and can't find the right one so we tell our story to give people hope to just to be the encouragement you know, to, to say, this is what we did and it was hard and we have bumps and we have bruises, but we've been able to come out the other side. So find something in our story to hold on to if you need the hope that it will happen for you. And I'm a perfect example of that. We met in 2018. My divorce started at the end of 2005. I know. So yeah. it took that long, but lo and behold, you were alone. We were and, and we, we're again, now. you have to go back and listen to the other shows. We're not going to go deeper into that right now. But Derek was alone a long time, uh, full custody of his kids by himself. So he was dad. And we sort of joke sometimes Derek was a mom dad. That's so right. he had to do and it. Coach, <laughs> and attorney, and yeah. that, that list yeah. was very, very yeah. long. 
Um, what were we watching last night? Oh, we were watching The Incredibles 2. And there's <laughs> yeah. this one scene where Craig T. Nelson uh, is playing this. He's Mr. Incredible, right? Like he's the dad. voice of it. And Elastigirl, his wife, goes away on a mission. And he's got the kids. And now he's Mr. Mom. And it's the funniest thing. And I didn't, I didn't pick it up the first time we'd seen the movie. But he's all slunched over. And he's not shaved. And, and he's falling night. asleep. And he's just he's just exhausted. What did and you? And he's kind of mumbling to himself. He is. He's, he's so just exhausted. babbling. He's not making any sense. Yeah, um, he's dragging one kid by the hand down the <laughs> trying to get him to bed. Say? You t- you look. That was me. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I just had this picture, and that was you. Well, yep. Late at night, you've worked all day. The kids were naughty, or they weren't, or you're just coaching. Just get him to bed, and oh then I'd go sit God. at the computer and do work again. Yeah. So if anybody watches Incredible Two, you'll know the scene. Um, that was Derek. Yeah, well, I'm I'm Mr. Incredible. I'll take that. But this is leading into what we're going to talk about today. So today, you want to talk about the initially about children. Is is that kind of where you're headed with this? The children. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So today's show is the do's and don'ts of blending a family. We can speak to this with firsthand knowledge, and in preparation for today's show, I went to friends whose parents had been divorced. And I went to friends who are divorced. So this is our experiences. Mm-hmm. And this is also a collection of those that are close to me. And I'll say this too, just to interject. You and I both are not from uh, America. Uh, we're not children of parents who are divorced. We are not. No. Our I parents no, were not divorced. I don't know my together. grandparents. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, me, me too. No, no my, grandparents, no First my generation divorced. In my family, um, I, I don't like that title, so I'm not going to wear that with pride. Right. But again, I I sit in a pocket with a, a lot of people, a lot of friends, um, other family members, cousins, you know, just, just people around, people in my community. And this microphone gives me a platform to share my story and hopefully give some others the hope. But there is some very, very specific things that you should do and not do when it comes to the kids. Because if you're our age, chances are you are gonna blend with someone that has kids. And you know what, if you're our age and you're blending with someone that doesn't have kids, that's gonna pose its own challenges. Sure, they're not familiar with what They're not familiar. And that, to me, is almost more difficult. I've seen a very close friend uh, date multiple men without kids and it always falls apart because they're in it for her and they think the kids are great when they're mm-hmm. being fun but kids are not always fun right, they're right. they get sick a, and they may vomit in the car or they may throw a tantrum at the restaurant or they take mom away from things that you want to do um and so again there there are their own challenges and anyone that says oh i have dogs i can do this no 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 completely different thing oh oh goodness completely different thing. yeah you can't leave a kid at home no, for six hours and go to work no not no at all. no yeah. it's it's different no i don't i don't even make the same correlation all right so we're going to start with the kids so the way that i did this um the, the kids' perspective, right? So we're going to talk about the toughest parts of children on a divorce. This, because Derek and I are not divorced, I'm going to use some examples of what I see from my children, what you've seen, Derek, sure. from your children, and also speaking to people around me whose parents were divorced. Okay, so right. a lot of these, I bet someone listening is going to go, yep, that, yep, yep. I get it. Yeah. Well, I'll start. I mean, my kids were four and seven when my divorce started. And so I think the initial toughest part 
on them was, um, you know, swapping back and forth initially. The, the, I had, as you said, I had custody, but they did go every other weekend to their mom, uh, plus every other Wednesday, which was kind of an odd dynamic. They would go one night during the middle of a week and then go again the following weekend. But nonetheless, that, that shuffling back and forth. Uh, school books and backpacks and and they went to a school where they wore uniforms having uniforms for school all those things that were necessary items but also too just initially not sleeping in the same home with mom and dad there realizing at least initially that that this truly is my new my new life I think that would be hard and this isn't on the list I'm just thinking off the top of my head here if they didn't like the other parents residence right right, right? If, right if it's not as cozy or as welcoming or maybe they have to share a room in the other parents residence where they have their own rooms with mom and they don't with dad or, or vice versa yeah, well you know, totally so sometimes i guess probably the majority of times one parent will stay in the original home where that they were living as a married couple and that would be where the kids were used to having mm-hmm. their own room yep and used to that environment and then having to go to mom or dad's, which yeah. may be an apartment, a townhouse or another home. It's not where they are comfortable, right. as, as you're saying. And so it is a, a big adjustment. Uh, so I think that was probably the hardest thing initially that I saw in my kids. Uh, well, them. this statement came from a friend. Um, so I could guess that my kids feel this way but coming from uh, parents of divorce she said that she was always so sad to leave whatever parent she was with to go with the other parent so if you've been with dad all weekend and now you have to say goodbye to dad to go with mom she that was her number one she said that that. was absolutely heartbreaking even though you know you're going to see the other parent wednesday or the following weekend um she never wanted that whether she'd been with mom all week, again, it just, I thought, that's difficult. Well, it's heartache for a kid. Yeah. And, and, of course, from a parent standpoint, it is well. But since we're talking about kids, I can imagine the heartache of watching, you know, mom or dad waving as you're getting in the car with the other one. As you said, you're going to see him again, but it's going to be a little while. She said she just wanted them together to alleviate her heartache alleviate those goodbyes i love you right, i hug right. you you think it's all fun like woohoo dad's here i can't wait or yay mom's back picking me up um but you're there's still a goodbye in there mm-hmm. no matter how happy and whether they show you or not there's still a goodbye in there and they're still driving away and that little bit of sadness for the parent that they've just left sure that's uh, hard oh yeah I, I agree completely i can't imagine because again i didn't have to go through it nor did you but I can't imagine how difficult that would be on a, a young child or even, you know, a teenager. It's it's not pleasant. Well, another one, she said, it was very difficult to understand. So her parents got divorced and they remarried. Okay. And she said, I never understood, especially in the beginning, the role of the step parents. What is their role here? Is this just a companion for my mom and dad? Or do they have some parenting authority over me? And that's difficult, especially if they're different ages. Um, You and I can speak to this a little because my kids are small and the role is different, right? You're in the house with them. You can Mm -hmm. make them a sandwich. You can help me wash their clothes. I mean, there's more of a caretaking role. Sure. And sitting and doing homework and throwing a baseball. I mean, there's they're different. But your children are older. Right. And are grown and gone for the most part. Right. So that's a very... 
strange role for me. They're 19 and 22, mm-hmm. so they're technically legally adults. Right. But yet they're still college-age kids. Right. They, they want to come home for holidays. They want to come home and be at the house. And so, yes, you're, you're, you're right. Um, and, and as kids, younger kids, it's a matter of that step-parent earning the respect of those kids and avoiding the um, contempt. You know, you're not my dad. You're not my mom to that step-parent. And having to get them to understand that role of, uh, well, I'm in a relationship with your mom. No, I'm not your dad but I still am a, an adult in the household. And, you know, again, you've got to earn that respect where they will follow the rules, follow your instruction, and can be viewed as, as a true step-parent. That's difficult. Yeah, I'm it is. I'm just shaking my head like, wow. I mean, you think of these things on some level as an adult before you're going to get divorced, but when you hear this list from the eyes of the children who have gone through it, to me, it puts a whole different perspective. I don't think it would have changed my decision. I don't think it could have, but it's still heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's still heartbreaking. All right. So we're going to keep going down here. Um, oh, she said feeling guilty with the presence of a new step parent. This was from another friend. Again, I, I quizzed a lot. Right. right. And she said, what was really difficult was I really liked my new stepmom. I thought she was great and we hit it off. Mm-hmm. But there was something in me that always felt bad for my real mom. I felt guilty because I liked, I didn't like her more or less. It's not like that. She said, but I really enjoyed her. I got close to her. Mm-hmm. She was going to be a role model in my life. And I just felt so guilty for even feeling that way. So she was making memories with the new stepmom, but felt guilty. Those memories weren't worth it. Well, she didn't say it like that. Real but, mom, but it kind of sounds yeah. like that. Just felt just in general, just yeah. having someone who she really cherished, enjoyed going to see when she would go to her dad's house and just always felt guilty for those feelings. I've never heard it articulated mm-hmm. that way, which was really interesting. Um, this is one uh, that I know my kids feel when they miss activities. So they're, my custody arrangement, my kids are with me most of the time. We do it every other weekend. We're super flexible. We've talked about Brian before. I mean, we can flip-flop, and he helps out during the week. That's all well and good. But if they go with Brian and there's something really fun that is happening in mom's world, right? right we're going to do something, sure. or we go to somebody's house, and all the kids are there, but mine aren't. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so missing fun, missing activities because they're with the other parent. Yeah, I I can see that. I've seen that in my kids as well. Um, you know, my son and I would, would go on, um, vacation, I guess you'd call it to go travel and watch football games. So we would go to away games. I'm a university of Alabama grad. We would go to some of the away games and there were a couple of times where I would have taken him with me, but he couldn't go because it was his weekend with mom. And, I couldn't take that weekend with her away, even though a couple of times I, I asked to take him and she had other plans and, and you know decided that, that it was best, at least in her mind, that he stayed with her that weekend. He didn't get to go. And I could tell the disappointment in that. Aww. He really, truly enjoys going to things mm-hmm. like that, but he wasn't able to go. Right. So I felt bad as, as dad that I was going anyway because I had tickets and a, and a plan to take him, but he couldn't go. Yeah. And see, missing, missing things. Um, also, as the parent, and I'm not skipping around here, um, but if one parent gets to take them on vacation, the kids being sad that they're having fun memories, you brought up that word, which is yeah, what made yeah. me think of this. Um, 
I know that was a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fortunate, and I got to take my kids to Disney um, multiple times. Uh, and Brian hasn't, even though he's been invited every time I've gone. That's how close we are. Mm-hmm. He's been invited on the trip. His choice is to not go for whatever reason. But those memories were made. All my kids' memories at Disney up to this point are with mom. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and then the other parent has to miss all that. And that's a big thing in a kid's life. Well, I mean, Disney is magic. Let, let's go back to the kid uh, issue here again. Uh, my, my kids are older. And if you recall, you and I took my kids and your kids to Disney. Yeah. One of the first vacations we all did collectively. Mm-hmm. All six of us were there. And uh, my daughter, who at the time probably would have been 20, uh, in line, wanted to FaceTime her mom just to tell her what all we were doing. Because I think deep down inside, psychologically, she felt bad mom wasn't there. Right. It's that Not guilt. Not that she And she's you 20. And, yeah. Right. And we have a great relationship. It right. wasn't about me. It was, it was how she felt. Yeah. As a 20-year-old. Yeah. So. Again, that, that's much older. She's technically not even a child anymore. Right. But yet she wanted to reach out to mom, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that uh, just because it was her chance to involve her right. in a way. Yeah. It was – I just – yeah, she was. She felt guilty. She was having fun. She was making memories. Um, and that we were so new, I think some of that probably had that to do with right. there was a new woman and everything was mm-hmm. a little bit different. Uh, but we're going to unpack – the the way that we did all that right with her but um anyway uh and then if the children get uh angry or resentful uh and sadness is a part of that too for either of the parents uh this wasn't necessarily my situation but this is this came up Mm -hmm. a lot um if dad had had an affair so dad was the reason they can pinpoint the reason that sure. the marriage had fallen apart or mom had gone a different way, whatever it is. I'm not putting it all on the man. Uh, the children having that resentment and that anger that that really builds up because they understand, yeah, you know, they the know, right, they know which parent it was. Um, this came again, a close friend right now, you know, husband has, has kind of gone. Um, I won't say any names of course, but, but you probably know who I'm talking about. And you know, the kids and and they're older Uh and their resentment, they don't want to speak to him right now. They're angry with him. And and so that's, that's a really difficult place for the kids to sit. So just being aware that the kids are sitting in this, um, yeah, what a, what an interesting list. And I know it's longer. Oh, there's so much more we could unpack there as far as the kids and what they go through and how they feel. Again, you and I thankfully didn't have that experience as, as children, but we kind of saw it through our own kids' eyes. It's yeah. I mean, we both have kids, different ages. We had to parent you know, them through we it. had to parent them through it. So let's talk about the parenting. Let's go through this. Uh, this is the toughest parts of parents. So this is how we see parenting children as a divorce. Divorce. I was going to say divorcee again. Divorcee. So a podcast is not four hours long, correct? Right. Oh, no, <laughs> it's not. It's not. We're going to go through this. I, I could definitely handle a, several hours on that. But I'll say that for me, um, you know, I, I did have that tremendous heartbreak when I watched my kids leave those mm-hmm. every other weekends. Uh, and, and also, too, that every other Wednesday. It was tough. Yeah. It really was. And I've told you this. I, I would go literally, and I know it sounds crazy, but I'd go up to their room as if I was telling them goodnight, you know, and they weren't even there. Just because I'd, I'd missed them. It, it was the routine. Every night I was the one to go, you know, tell them goodnight. And so when they first started going to her house, uh, her apartment she was living in at the time, every other weekend, it was tough. I truly missed them terribly. Yeah. So, and, and it's different. I mean, most 
dads do we're in the state of georgia wherever you're listening i don't know but most dads here in the state of georgia do not get full custody and there were some very uh, serious it's, it's reasons rare. behind that so that speaks to your love for them it really does i mean you you know you were a mom dad and it's amazing that you did that yours was also your relationship was hostile right, which right. made it well, that much right. more well, difficult to send with, them with my ex yes yes, yes yeah. not the kids i'm yeah. sorry right and and so that that was also part of it there was some fear of the circumstances where they were going to be um, and how they would be cared for or whether they would uh, be put in, in you know, a bad situation. And I don't want mm-hmm. it to happen. So, yes, that was also fear, anxiety, and it, it was tough. You know, I would try and, and reach out to them as much as I could when they were there, but there's that fine line you walk where you don't want to be overbearing and calling every 15 minutes. Right, right. So I, I'd call every 20 minutes instead. <laughs> Probably, knowing Derek. <laughs> Uh, what if the other parent has a significant other and you don't? So the yeah. heartbreak, you're kind of sad, you're kind of lonely. I'm speaking generally, but I've had this, you know, Brian's dated and I didn't, um, you know, before I met Derek I, and I was content, but when it's a weekend and it's a Friday night and you wave them out the driveway and it's like, all right, well now what, <laughs> now what, you know, normally another load of laundry, yeah, another where movie. are we going? What jumpy house or what movie or what do you want for dinner? I mean, you just think about your routine and then all of a sudden, sometimes it comes to a screeching halt and yeah. you just go the rug janked out from under okay, you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna call my girlfriends and see what I can do tonight or, you know, or guys, but yes, it's, um, you'll have that feeling. So what's another one? I'd say different parenting styles and the confusion mm. the kids go through with when I'm with mom and mom's new boyfriend or husband, this is what I do when I'm with dad and his girlfriend or his new wife, this is what I do. Um, That's conf- a biggie. Yeah. And, yeah. and even as a challenge, right, yeah. right, right. The, the, not only the, the parenting style of the divorced parents, but also to the parent parenting styles of the new step parents yeah. or boyfriends or girlfriends, whatever it may be. So, for a kid, it's, okay, what can I, you know, sometimes I'll admit it, I would have been this way, what can I get away with when I'm at dad's? What can I get away with when I'm at mom's? Oh, yeah. And what Especially I can get away with. when they're a little older. I don't, I don't think my, my two sit in that pocket quite yet. No, but not, not yet, I'll, but yeah. I'll get there. <laughs> you know, I have boundaries when I'm here that are far different from the boundaries when I'm there. Yeah. So I called it decompressing, but you have a different word. Oh, I called it deprogramming. Okay. So when this is when the kids get home from the other spouse. So they've been there, whether you have week on, week off, it doesn't matter. Whatever length of time they've been with the other spouse and they come back to you, you have that deprogramming phase, whether it's half a day, a full day, you get them at six. A couple of days. I mean, it does. Yeah. sometimes it can, especially yeah, how long the sleep, they've been away. Sleep patterns are Because off. it's just different. Their yeah. diet could be different. Mm-hmm. They could eat more junk food, more healthy food. It doesn't matter. They go to bed at a different time. They're just in a different environment. So to get them back, you know, there's got to be grace. But that is one of the challenges that you're going to notice. Um, for me specifically, she, my daughter is super sassy when she gets back <laughs> from death. I mean, she's sassy anyway. She's laughing. Was that say. was a chuckle. She's sassy, but, but she's just got an edge to her uh, when she gets back. Yeah. And that edge is that whole first list that we just went through yeah all that she's sad to say goodbye i mean that's daddy's girl Mm -hmm. she loves and adores derek and they call each other bff but there is something about her relationship with brian that she really 
hurts. Right, right. And I'll say this, and she and I, like you said, we have a great relationship. We refer to each other as BFF. But she, and you've noticed this, I've noticed this, and it, I don't, it doesn't bother me because he is always going to be dad. He is always dad. Sure. But when he and I are, are together, if he comes into the house and I'm there and she may be sitting on the couch with me or putting a puzzle together or hanging out close to me, involved in something with me, she'll immediately jump and run to him. And the whole time he's mm-hmm. there, if we go to a restaurant together, she's sitting next to him. She's holding his, That's fine. I, I, it doesn't bother me one bit. But it's kind of what you're saying. She's protective of oh, that. Oh, yes. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm not better. I don't have a better relationship with him than I do with you, Dad. You're, right. you're, you're my dad. And that's yeah. great. And But I don't think it's conscious for her. No, it's not. It's very She's subconscious. She's so young. It's my dad. Right. It's my dad. It's my dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'll say things like, I'm the funniest person you know. After I crack a joke. And, no, you're not. Well, yeah, I am. My dad's funnier. Yeah. It's always. And that's fine. It, it's kind of comical that we, we, we chat like that all the time. But that's the beauty of you and your understanding and having been a dad a very hands-on dad and being able to understand that so the I kind of let on I think that maybe coming into a relationship like this if your person has not had kids and they're trying to bond and that relationship with a dad I'll use specifically uh, is very threatening because again you have to have the understanding that the kids aren't going to ever feel that way about mm-hmm. you in a in a role like it's just or mom right, if you're right. a, if you're a woman and you're trying to date a man and he's got young kids and you're really trying to sink your claws in and even if you don't like the ex-wife mm-hmm. you know this is where i mean I have so many friends this is where it all goes downhill (laughs) it all goes south real fast it's like that's still their mom like there's nothing you could be the greatest step parent in the history of the world and the mom could be not but sorry you'll never you'll never take that place and don't try to right you know have your own relationship and and that's going to go to the do's that we're going to unpack um so uh, step-siblings a lot of time we were blended so all the kids are going to have step-siblings uh there's resentment there's confusion uh-huh. There's, uh, I want to, I have a little story. I want to do a little sidebar about resentment. And we talked about my daughter. So this is her story. Okay. Okay. So Brian dated a girl and she had kids, but she had a daughter that was exactly the same age as Elise. Okay. Okay. You would think that would be amazing. Yeah. They're going to, and, and for the first couple of months it was. I know. Let me interject. Elise will get along with everybody. She, that kid will Until talk she does anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. she wants to be friends with everybody. Right. Well, Brian and the girl got serious, and he moved in. So now it's not just, oh, we see them on the weekends, we go to the mountains, we're having super fun. Now this has become more serious, and Dad is living there, and the kids go there on the weekends. And I chuckle. I shouldn't. It's just because it's my ex. She, the claws came out. Her resentment for this little girl became so fierce. He was bringing them back early on the weekends. The fighting, they couldn't, they couldn't stand it. And Just it ended up the, being one of the big demise of the relationship because the girls could no longer get along. Elise was so threatened mm-hmm. by this little girl being living in the same house and having, you know, Brian be a dad role right. in her life. She didn't like it. 
Not one jealous bit. All right, right. Not one bit. I could see her. No, yeah. But, you know, she's not the only kid, I'm certain, who's ever felt like this. No. So anyway, um, again, lots, lots, lots more that we could uncover and unpack. And I'm sure, I'm sure we haven't covered even a fraction of it. But that's a good list and that's a good baseline. This may end up being two shows well, because we we've easily, got so much yeah. here. Uh, but if you have a suggestion, something that we didn't mention, something that you went through, especially a story, again, something difficult or something difficult and it turned out to be beautiful, I want to hear this, okay? Please send me a message, statuslifewithlita at gmail.com. Uh, come in. We can patch you in the show. We can talk about this. Again, there's so much more to unpack. 50% of us are all divorced. And mm -hmm. so uh, I've got a little teeny snippet of a pool of friends here and our own experiences. But let me know um, if, if we've said anything that triggered a memory and you go, oh, I want to share this with them. That's my email. Or you can DM. I'm on all social media platforms. I do respond to all my emails and my DMs. Uh, may take me a day or two because I do get a lot. But statuslifewithlita at gmail.com. I'll say this. I wish I had the chance to have listened to a podcast about what to expect and how to get ready for the transition and all the changes, not only in my life, but the kids. Yeah. Uh, I, I did read a couple of books, and, and honestly, the books didn't touch most everything that happened. There were things that would happen. I was like, well, the book didn't cover that. No, it's, right. it's not going or to. the book version was far sure. different from how it panned out. Yeah, and we're giving real-life experiences. Yes. Right? Yes. You're, a, a book, and, and hopefully some are, some aren't, but... No, I mean some of the things that that I would never in a million years have expected. And yeah. we again, we could I could give you story after story after story. Did you know that our lifestyle expert Lita has ways you can bring her directly into your home? Lita does virtual design consults. If you don't live in the Atlanta area but you'd like to work with Lita, you can book time with her and do interior design work virtually. She has different packages for one room, two rooms, or color consults. Go to her website, statuslifewithlita.com, and look at the different packages. You can also go to her online marketplace, statusmarketanddesign.com, to purchase gorgeous home decor. Every piece on the site has been handpicked by Lita. All right, back to the show. Ready for this? We yes. got to get to the do's and the don'ts. Okay. We've unpacked all the challenges, uh -huh. which is a lot to unpack. Not all of them. We've unpacked quite a few. All right. If you're happily married and your parent, your grandparents, they're happily married, we are super happy for you. If you're the other 50%, like Derek and I, we're going to unpack the do's and the don'ts to make the challenges we've discussed much easier. We are speaking from experience. What we're going to discuss is what worked for us and what didn't. Uh, and then again, other tips from friends and family that are both a product of divorce or divorce themselves. Wow. We can do it, though. Mm -hmm. we've, got, we've gotten the experience for sure. And if we don't get through them all, we're just going to do another show. <laughs> That's right. Because we and can. We, and we easily could. We, we, easily. we probably should. All right. So I started the first two topics we kind of oh, touched you, on. Okay. So you, you give us... Uh, not necessarily your best one, but just give us one here to start this part. Okay. One of your do's and don'ts. The first one I would say would be to give it time. That blending is extremely difficult, even in the best of situations. But there are going to be bumps. There are going to be bruises, just like the divorce. The kids have gone through it. If you're coming in 
uh, whether it's just you or whether you have kids, especially kids, it can get very chaotic. I just gave you an example of my ex. The whole relationship w went under demise. They, you know, if you're just dating someone and it doesn't work out, think of, you know, then they've ha formed a relationship with those other kids. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden they break up and now the kids are gone. I mean, that happens a lot too. Yeah, yeah. We're all out there trying to find the right person and chances are, dating here and there um it's not going to land so once you introduce the kids that can be really really challenging so i would say go slow uh you and i took it extremely slow i think we dated a few months before you had met the kids on the original uh, afternoon right, that you right. met me but they had no concept of the dating we, we did not introduce that for a very long time and even then it was slow it was and, and i think it was purposely that way for not only them but um just our situations that you and I both were in at the time. It was good for us to take it slow. Absolutely. Um, yeah, our dating was slow, so the kids, it was it was slow. Mm -hmm. It was good. I think it was, we started dating in the spring, and, and the kids didn't meet till late summer. Late, like yeah, August. Yeah. Way late summer. Yeah, you're you know? right. Right so. about the time, too, we went to Disney, I think. No, that was November. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that was later. In the yeah. Day. So slow, slow, slow. That's the best one. All right. If I had to say it's one that I was not successful at, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried every possible way I could. And um, and I would say as, as divorced parents of children, and since we're going to talk about kids right now, I think the best thing you can possibly do is get along well with your ex. Absolutely. You may behind the scenes just hate their presence and despise the fact that you're in the situation you're in because of something they may have done that led to the divorce, whether it's adultery or any other issue. But for the sake of the kids, try everything you possibly can in the presence of the kids uh, to get along and just as best you can make it as pleasant as possible for them. And that also means things like phone conversations where kids have big ears mm -hmm. and can overhear things that are being said. They can hear uh, the, the disdain and the anger you have for that other parent, but those are things that are going to create resentment, bad feelings. Uh, kids are going to hear things they shouldn't hear, and kids are going to respond the way that kids will respond. Um, it could be um, lashing out. It could be um, you know becoming isolated, depressed, all those things that can be a product of a bad relationship between uh, parents who are divorced. Have you ever heard this saying, oh, kids are so resilient. The kids will just bounce back. Yeah, we've heard that. I do not believe not, that. Not in this I really situation. don't. And I, my kids are strong. And then I have a good relationship with my ex. And we're all very healthy. And they're not that resilient. They still struggle, both in their own ways. Um, for, you know, again, it, it's just. Well, it's a lifetime for them. It is. It because is. once and the divorce difficult. is done, that's it. Their life has now completely changed from what it was because mom and dad are no longer together and they're in different households. And because of my situation, because we're so close, my kids have both said separately, and this is heartbreaking in a different way. Well, you and daddy are such good friends. How come you can't be together? Oh, they yeah. see us get along. They see us respect each other. They see us talk kindly. They see us have dinner together. They don't understand why we're not a couple. Yeah. And that's difficult, too. But I just try to keep telling myself, you know, we, we didn't work out as a couple. When they're older, they will understand. When mm -hmm. They don't get that right now, but they will. They will. And, again, we just try to ease them as much as we can. So, so far, we've said give it time. 
mm-hmm. we've said uh, try your best to get along as best we can. I would also say as part of that structure, yeah. just giving them some structure. Uh, you know, we talked about the deprogramming, decompressing. It's it's tough to do that. If if both parents can provide similar environments, similar rules, similar structure over the weekend with dad or the weekend with mom or the week with dad, week with mom, then it's going to be a lot easier because there aren't different expectations each time they go back and forth. I can't imagine having to, oh, wait, I'm going to dad's. Well, that's going to mean I have to do this or I'm going to mom's. Oh, man, that means I I can't do this or I can't do that. That's got to be tough. Well, that goes into taking it a step further, you know, respecting each other, having open communication. Um, you know, even if it's something, okay, we do homework, we, you know, uh, this is what so-and-so's eating, you know, that kind of thing. Just just communicating about basic parenting things so it can be as consistent in that regard. That helps with structure. It helps them be able to control their own little worlds, right? Because yeah. they are being shuffled. It is different. They're sleeping in different places. Um you know, it, it all that guilt, all those feelings, you're just sort of trying to give as much easement to that as you can. Sure, and you're right. Communication is the, the key to that. I mean, without it, you, you're not going to be able to, to create that same structure. Um, all right, your turn. All right, so I would say, let me think of a good one. I think laughter is really good remedy when there's tension, uh, when you're all getting to know each other, or let's say there's even a serious problem, not that you want to laugh through a serious problem, but you just, you have to use humor. You have to be flexible and you have to keep things very lighthearted, um, whether they're kids or whether they're young adults, no matter mm-hmm. what, you know, just, just again, if you're going slow and you're communicating well, you'll, you can problem solve and get through the problems, but finding activities that really bring everyone together and fun stuff. You know, if you, um, looking at Derek, you and your son love baseball. So you want to go outside and throw a ball and here's my son and he doesn't, it bores him or he's not comfortable or he's too young. Well, that immediately alienates him. I, not that this has ever happened. Uh-huh. I'm just giving an example right, I um, of anyone. And so you want to try to find things like maybe it's a family hike. Maybe it's going out to eat. If food is your love language, like go, you know, try to find the things where all together you're going to go and you're going to have fun and you're going to laugh. And those little tiny moments are going to create a memory and it's going to ease everyone's tension. I think I'm pretty good at creating the laughter. You are, <laughs> especially for the kids. Derek is a big kid at heart, which well, is why my kids adore him so much. I would say that I have the ability to be silly and I don't think you really do as much, right? <laughs> I, no, out of the two of us, I am not the silly one. Well, I was going to no. say, because you'll tell me, stop being so silly. I know. Well, sometimes I don't But they're laughing. It. No, they are. Everybody else thinks it's funny. I'm just haven't had <laughs> coffee yet or something. Well, along those same lines, as you're kind of blending and, and some of the do's and don'ts, I think one of the big do's would be start any kind of new tradition or new mm-hmm. oh, yeah. activities that you now do as a blended family that you may not have done before. Uh, something that that uh, the kids will enjoy and create that memory. We talk about that uh, associated with this now blended family. You know, one that we have done with your kids specifically around Christmas because it gets hairy. Who's going where on yeah. Christmas night? And it's it's difficult. We go on 
the 23rd and have we take your kids out for a nice dinner uh-huh. every year on the 23rd. And it's just you and just, me and yep, the two of We them, don't bring so. the littles and mm-hmm. we go and have a nice time. Um, and, we, you know, we dress up a little and it's just it's a pause before the holidays hit. It's a pause before the presents. It's just a time. Again, it's one memory. Right. Because but it's something that we count on. That. Yeah. Every single Christmas they can bring whoever they're dating. It's like it's just a night out of the holidays to, to have that time before everything you know on christmas day my parents are going to be there and the other kids and brian's going to be there and it's not this really nice moment with dad and me and the kids so anyway a my a teeny tiny little thing Mm -hmm. but it it was our new tradition yeah and and the kids have enjoyed it It, like you said it's a chance to breathe Mm -hmm. is a good way to put it breathe for a minute they Mm -hmm. don't live with us in this new house uh, because they are both college kids and they're they have space they have don't space. take that away no, we have rooms you're, you're for right. them you're right we we purposely bought a house yes. that would would provide space for all six of us right of course they will always have a room they will right they you know everybody wants to come for christmas or any any time i mean the house is wide open for the kids but yes at this time they're young adults and they're out on their own yeah oh yeah and and you and i have also, too, kind of created time or, or traditions, so to speak, with your kids as well. That the, the um, tendency to do some of the same things we do. We have a routine of, of uh, some of the vacations we've taken, mm-hmm. the meals we'll do. Just uh, um, it's, it's a groove is a good way to put it that we've gone into mm-hmm. as this blended family now. You and me and your two kids. Yeah. Uh, and still and we went slow. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, we're three years in and just mm-hmm. now living together, not six months, right, not one right. year, even for your kids. I mean, this was a slow build and a slow get together. And I think there's a lot more to unpack here. We are running really short on time, even though we've gone long because there's so much. There's so much meat and potatoes here. And I hope you guys are holding on to this and you're getting some good tips. And maybe you got some really good perspective on how your kids feel if you like Derek and I were not a product of divorce um I think it's all super informative so what we haven't gotten to is the don'ts and I say we save the next show why don't we do this then why don't we recap some of the do's and add a few more in the next show yeah to start and then we'll go directly into the don'ts so what I want to do is hear from you guys I want to hear from my listeners if you have Uh, Again, a story, a tip, a do or a don't, something really resonates with you. If your ex did something and it absolutely just drives you bonkers and we didn't even (laughs) think of it, call me because we'll patch you in on the next show. As an attorney, I'll say, don't tell us anything your your (laughs) ex did illegally. We don't want to do that. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Let me know. Send me an email. Statuslifewithlita at gmail.com. All right. You touched on it earlier. Do you want to really very quickly recap the ways to, to reach out to you? Well, I'm on social media, Instagram, Status Life with Lita, and Facebook. And just send me an email, gmail.com. That's the easiest way. It's all Status Life with Lita. Thank you so much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Status Home Design and the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.